Get a free audiobook download of your choice when you sign up today. Log on to audiblepodcast.com slash pottercast today for details. Welcome, welcome to another... The official podcast of The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. Do you hear that, Ern? The Leaky Cauldron. Just go. We're wasting time. Welcome to Pottercast, your number one source for news, theories, discussion and interviews with people from the Potter books and films. I know a small amount myself having written the books. My name is J.K. Rowling. I am now happy to introduce your hosts, Melissa, John and Sue. Hey everybody, it's January, it's cold, Dennis Kucinich just dropped out of the presidential race, so there's no more Whomping Willow in the... Uh, in the Democratic primary, but uh, fortunately for you, Aww. there's another episode of Pottercast. <laughs> Yay! Yay! <laughs> I knew you'd make it timely, Paul. <laughs> that was Paul DeGeorge, everybody. You can't get any more timely. <laughs> you cannot. I said timely, and he managed to, to, to swing it into Harry Potter as well. Very nice. It's, very nice. It's, it's raining outside. <laughs> it's, it's, it's raining. It's the weather. Dennis it has no. dropped out of the presidential race, or will be dropping out of the presidential race, but in the meantime, you're listening to Pottercast 136, so that doesn't matter Ooh. at all. Welcome um, for president. No! <laughs> Welcome, this is Melissa. I'm here with John and Sue, and a very special guest this week, Paul DeGeorge of Harry and the Potters. Hey guys, it's fun to be back. Thank you for having me again. Woo! How long has it been? I can't Hi, even buddy. remember. Well, it's about a year. I, I was on a couple shows when we were touring together, I guess, so... Yeah, that's true. Oh, that's right. right. The uh, the LA show you were up on stage that's with right. us. I had to take take Sue's place. I was a Hufflepuff representative right. for the night. And you did, <laughs> it was good. Good, my friend. Thank you served you. my house well. Yeah. I was very proud, very honored. <laughs> Do you know what happened in that show? By the way, well, lots that happened in that no. show. What that was the show where John unleashed his famous yeah. Knights of Hogwarts theory. That's true. Oh, that's right. That's that is right. Good yeah. stuff. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. and that's when Cheryl said to me. Melissa, John should call me after he reads the book. <laughs> she said, while we were reading the book, she called. She like texted me it. It was. I was like, okay, sure. Yeah. Um. So yeah, welcome, Podcast One Thirty Six. We've got lots in store for you. And the but the first thing we're going to do is say hello again from our friends at Audible dot com. It's my favorite part of the show. I know it. Get a free audiobook download of your choice when you sign up today. Log on to audiblepodcast.com slash pottercast today for details. Welcome back. Welcome back. Middle of January. We've got big news, but... Big news. <laughs> well, um, Do we have big news? Well, we yeah. do. And that's why Paul is here. He has just launched oh. Wizard Rock EP of the Month Club, but we're not going to talk about it right now. Oh, oh. Not right this second. Oh, first, snap. First, we're going to do other news and then come back. Okay. Well, weather Let's send news. it over to Sue. Other news. <laughs> Yeah. Yay! We already had weather news, but we do have filming news is set for Gloucester Cathedral is again where they if I slaughtered the name. Wait, I'm Sue, sorry. I'm I'm just how do you say I'm it? just gonna I'm just I'm just gonna say right now, nobody email Sue, please. Okay, how do you say it? Because Gloucester? we all say things. Gloucester. Gloucester? Okay. Filming is started for Gloucester Cathedral in uh, England again for we think it's the student scenes um for um Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince. Um Last year, we reported that uh, students from King's School in the in the area had um, like 174 students were going to be extras this time, and now they're about mm-hmm. to start filming. And Haggard's supposed to be there, and Molly, uh, Julie Walters, who plays Molly, is supposed to be on set as long as well as Dan Radcliffe and the trio. And so that's pretty exciting. So that should be happening as we you guys are listening to this. So we should have more more new pictures hopefully so, soon. 
So what what scene in Half Blood Prince would require them to be in that set, which is mostly an outside set, if I remember yeah. correctly? Uh, um, that's hmm, how about the part where um, well, <clears throat> Ron gets poisoned. No, no, that's really about three people. I was I was <laughs> oh. wondering though because they used the one part of it for like the you know where like um, Dobby is free when he he kicked. My beloved Jason's butt, you know, and they flew. Oh, that's a place. Yeah. Oh. So I was uh, wondering. Yeah. So if, maybe Dumbledore's office. Yeah. So maybe that's that. You know. Or maybe but it's for the funeral. Kids, you know what? Funeral. Quidditch. Oh, Quidditch. Quidditch. Oh. What about Quidditch? Why Quidditch? Because that's where you need. To, that's where you have a lot of kids. Well. What? Yeah. Where else besides the Great Hall do you usually see like 170 yeah. people in that's one room? That's true, but but um, why would they need to go to a castle to tape Quidditch scenes? I don't know. Where are you going to put all those people? Uh, and they have like little stands and crap, right? Yeah, but you remember the shots? I, you know, I don't know. I'm not working on the movies. What, what do you think it is? If you, if you're so sure it's not this, mm. um, I told you what it was. You guys, it's, it's not. Is there 170 oh. people in the room when Ron gets poisoned? <laughs> well, I mean, they make it a little more dramatic in the oh. movie. It's Ron. <clears throat> Maybe sake. it's a big deal. But it's also over Christmas when there are no students there. Wow. Maybe it's like a dream sequence. Oh, it's not over Christmas. It's just no. It is over Christmas. I'm confused. Well, um, yeah, I don't know. Paul, what do you think? I don't know. I have no oh. idea. And maybe they're writing mm. new stuff, some new material. Maybe they got some new stuff from J.K. Oh no! Some deleted scenes, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's not particularly some, large. Some B-roll but... material. <laughs> yeah. Prince. <laughs> Maybe Clovis like this is back for this one. Yeah, he's back, unfortunately. But um, no, it'll be nice. Oh, oh, don't say that. Don't say unfortunately. that. Okay, Mr. Clovis is back. But, uh, you know, so it could be, I mean, obviously it's the Great House. It could be just like between scenes. But I wondered if it had something to do with the funeral, you know? I don't know if they're going to do the funeral. Oh, maybe so. I'm not, I'm not convinced. Mm. We haven't heard anything about it. I don't know. It'd be kind of a bummer, and they're going to be all like, we don't want to make everybody all bummed out. Right, at the end. That's true. You know? I don't think the funeral's, like, that depressing. I think it's kind of, like, a nice nice closing to the book, versus if Dumbledore just gets killed all of a sudden, like, whoa. (laughs) Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) But they they do also have a big battle. They can make it dramatic. Yeah, exactly. Don't call me coward. Oh, maybe it's the battle. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it could be. You're right. They could be doing the battle scenes because of Bellatrix. Because they said they specifically said Helena Bonacarter Carter is going to be there. So that would make no oh. sense. But, oh, why else know. is she there? Right. What's when there's a lot. Maybe yeah. they're not going to do it when the kids are usually sleeping, but have it be like 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 during a high traffic time of day or like yeah. dinner time, at least where there's a lot of kids around to start yeah. it off. That would be cool. That would be cool. Huh. Wow. Don't know. Let's see. In other news, um, Brendan Gleeson says he's not going to be back for Hapla Prince because obviously Mad Eye really was pretty absent during Hapla Prince, but he is going to be back for Deathly Hallows, which is good. See, so you know that's you know what that says. That says that they are doing what we're we've hoped to be doing with Deathly Hallows, having yes. everybody come back, everybody because there's really yes. no need. I mean, you could do you can do Deathly Hallows without Moody. He's not essential. Oh no, I I take it back. I lie. What am I talking about? The part about? where he's kind of dies. Oh my god. For some something in my head just snapped and made me think that he was there at the end, but he's so not. It was the cold. Is the cold? He, I take he's it back. Like a ghostly Jedi. 
Whoa, okay. I take it. I take it. Especially considering what we're discussing this week. Oh, I totally take it back. Wow. I yeah. clearly have not done podcast in a while. Oh, it's all good. But, you know, but that's good, though, that if they do keep his scene, I mean, to have that impact of him, his character dying. I mean, that's that's important. That's important for 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 the plot, I think. And, uh, you know, I, it just it's good that they're they're taking the time with that yeah. cannon. Is, that in yeah, Sue is the seven potters. Sue is Hedwig on board. Is Hedwig on board for a seventh movie? <laughs> oh, well, we haven't confirmed it with her representatives, but I'm sure okay. that we'll find that out. Yes. soon. I, I mean, she's so pivotal. With her mysterious death. Have they used the same Hedwig for every movie so far? I think there's actually a couple of them. I mean, I remember watching the, yeah. there was a ITV special on like the making the animal yeah. specials. And I, I believe that they the have animals? like, you know, like, <laughs> no, that about the different animals. Cause they we have, have like, the technology. No, they have, like, we have the we shall rebuild her. <laughs> there are, I think there's some, I think there's some of them the, that they've used. The, the $10 million Hedwig. Yes. No, I'm no. Sure. There's been there's been a couple at least. Um, yeah. Met one of them once. That'd be kind of an identity crisis. Hmm? But she's not a Muppet, you know. I mean, they don't like holler out like you know, like Grover Certainly. or Fozzie Bear. Do you think they're going to bother with it in Deathly Hollows? Bother with exploding Hedwig? Are you serious? Well, I'm just asking. I think that's at least a three million dollar effect. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> at least. As long as they you want to get all the feathers out. exploding properly. Three million dollar shot. Well, uh-huh. maybe okay. Plus the motorcycles. So yeah. yeah. What I say anyway. I'm the authority on these uh, things. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Well, maybe you can do that shot, John. We'll look for you for like <laughs> secret think, messages and those feathers exploding on the screen. Tortured element of Harry trying to or, or deciding yeah. to blow up his yeah. owl, supposedly. Yeah. Well, I mean, how I've heard they're talking about doing it though. Is they're actually going to slow t- time down. Yeah. And um, just kind of, you can like feel just, you hear his breathing and his heart beating. And then you see Hedwig and she's falling and you zoom in on her eye and she's crying. Yeah. And then Harry John. fires a spell and it, it hits her and then everything explodes and everything zooms back into full speed. And everybody's just pandemonium because everybody saw it and they were just <laughs> totally freaking out. You're making that up. That's that's the gossip I've heard in the forums. Actually, I heard they were... Crying Hedwig? They were uh, thinking about inviting John to direct. Is that true? Can you talk about that, John? You know, there are some forms that would say that very same thing, so you don't know Uh what to believe these days. There are indeed forums for everything. Yep. (laughs) Okay. Now, rumor, rumors. Speaking of rumors, well, although actually it was a little bit more than a rumor, um... We heard the first of an actual opening date for the Wizarding World of Harry Potter at Orlando. Uh, that the president of Universal Orlando said December first. Hey, of two thousand nine, which is yes, that's excellent. I was very surprised by that. Wow. Rock. We shall mm-hmm. see. I think so. I mean, you know, opening right before Christmas, we had we had talked about those rumors before about you know what they were going to do and have the Hogwarts decorated and have it all festive and carolers singing and stuff. So that would, would be a brilliant be- way to open it. Can you imagine, though? I mean, it's already, I mean, they have the bowl games at the end of the month in Florida, you know, yeah. in Orlando. But I just think that trying to get down there for that would be wild. I'm not going to have to worry about it. I will oh, just... shut up, you. You're going to be a regular dad. That's where I'm going to be living by then, though. They're going to wink and let you see the gates when they see you coming. Oh, are you kidding me? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a face character over there already. They already hired me for the dollish role. <laughs> oh, God. I just have to do my costume fitting. I gotta tell you something though. So, you do have some like similar traits to Richard Leaf. How, well, now how's that? Your eyes. My new haircut. My uh, eyes. Yeah, you guys both got kind of like large eyes. 
Mm. Mm, it's true. Somebody should do like a face comparison, like one of those morph things. I'm a, little, I'm a little more muscular. Okay, John. Yeah. So. <laughs> Gotta get, build up your muscles to, to fight off that old woman with the dead bird yeah. on her head beating you yeah, up. We've yeah, we've been through this. <laughs> Too many times. Okay, what else is happening? Okay, okay. one last thing. Um, Dan Ratcliffe has given a new interview where he talks about the new role that he's taking about the... Um, late photojournalist Dan Eldon. Um, it's, it's called Journey. And if you don't know the story about Dan Eldon, he was a young photographer who was unfortunately terribly murdered in Somalia when he and some other colleagues were there covering a story. I believe it was a bombing. And um, anyhow, it's a very moving story. And this young man had done some really brilliant uh, photography and, and really exposed a lot of the world to what was happening to, in Somalia at that time. And, um, and Dan is going to take on that role, but he just wanted to confirm that he is doing it, but he's not. it's not going to be happening in any really soon so i we were talking before about when he was going to try and uh, get the filming in with him coming to equus in the fall and stuff so but he's looking forward to it and he's he's um very excited about Excellent. doing it i'm, I'm sorry, always excited to see him in new roles i just saw that the, there's a dvd out for december boys i just saw it in the store this week yeah 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 we have that available in our shop <laughs> thanks sue so. is the shop online by the way Did can we get, get to the shop uh <laughs> Did it fix itself uh, yet? Last time I, I checked, you, we could not. But um, hopefully by the time sorry guys, my spam going. filter sort of. Oh, it's back! It's oh, back! It's up! It's on! Yay! My spam filter kind of went so, berserk yes, and didn't I'm... tell me that the domain name for thecaldronshop dot com was expiring. So <laughs> Sue sent a panic uh, email this morning saying the shop is gone. Man, we were so close. We were days yeah. away for somebody to like to squat that into like a slash site or something. Nice. That would have been yeah. awesome. Nice. Well. Okay. With all that behind us, I think it's time for us to talk to our friend Paul DeGeorge. Yay, Yay. Paul. Thanks. Because he, as <laughs> <laughs> for those who need reminding, Paul DeGeorge is one half of Harry and the Potters, the wizard rock band that started it all in wizard rock, which has now become so, so huge. It's everywhere you look. You're MTV, Rolling Stone. Not, no. Have you guys been to Rolling Stone? I think, yeah. I think we're on rollingstone.com. There you go. Nice. Whoa. Something nice. like that. Oh, I mean, way I cool. Not, I don't much care about those, not, but they've been on a weekly Trivial Pursuit card. Hey, yeah, there you go. Swedish Trivial oh, yeah. Pursuit. Swedish edition. The Swedish Trivial Pursuit. That, yeah, explain about this. <laughs> they, tell us this story. Um, the story. Well, I mean, not too much of a story besides I got an email from a, a fan of ours in Sweden, and it had this uh, attachment, which was a photograph of a trivial pursuit card that she said, you know, she'd been playing with her family over the holidays and they pulled out this card and it had a question which translated read, um, what do brothers Paul and Joe DeGeorge call themselves when they rock out? And the answer is Harry and the Potters. And this, yeah, no. I'm not even kidding. Yeah. Who the hell? Swedish <laughs> trivial pursuit. Yeah. Seriously. And so, so did you know? Did you know you had a fan base in Sweden? The question doesn't even have any hints. You know, it's just like assuming Joe and I are household names in Sweden, which is, I think, <laughs> probably so awesome. rather absurd. <laughs> so it's that's so awesome, so though. Did, God, did I you know imagine. that you had a, 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 a an audience there? Um, you know, I guess so. I actually, you know, I posted. I guess we do. Um, I did post. Um, a blog about it on our MySpace, and it, it got hit with like seven or eight comments from people in Sweden who are like, "Yeah, you got to come tour." So you know they're pretty they're pretty up on pop culture <laughs> wow. in Sweden. And hello to our Swedish fans of, of Pottercast. Um, thank you for joining we us. Dozens, um, certainly dozens, at least a dozen. 
Um, no, they're definitely. <laughs> that is way cool. Yeah, they're cool. definitely. But you and Abba, that is way cool. I love it. Just Abba's, don't wear the bell bottoms. Abba is actually from Sweden, so uh, I don't know that we have anything on them. But yeah. Well, well do they have anything on you? That's right. No. Yeah. And there you go. Okay. Anyway, um, Harry and the Potters, yes. the, the the source of all the craziness, sweeping the everything, and they also are very committed to charitable and activists. Uh, efforts the latest of which is the second incarnation of the wizard rock ep of the month club which has just opened itself up for new subscriptions yeah um thanks melissa yeah. melissa is actually one of our subscribers um i am and uh did i resubscribe yet i forgot i i'm not totally sure <laughs> we got a whole lot of resubscriptions so so it's good um nice things are going well how many res- how many resubscriptions have you got already um I think right now um, we are probably around two, 250 subscriptions. Some of those are new. Some of those are resubscribers, obviously. Um, the majority. How many are you offering in total? Uh, well, we're still unsure of that, but we're hoping to offer at least 1,000 subscriptions. Um, that's going to be our goal. So if we hit that, we're going to raise wow. um, probably in excess of like $25,000 um, this year in 2008. The, the whole idea behind... Let me, maybe I should talk about this a little more, but the whole idea behind the EP yeah, club is, is, uh, yeah. is we've got 12 wizard rock bands, one for each month of 2008. And, uh, over the course of the year, um, subscribers to the club will be sent, um, CDs, you know, uh, usually they're between five and 10 songs or so. It's kind of at the discretion of the bands, but you know, they're, it's up to them what they want to put on, but, uh, pretty much everything that they contribute is exclusive material that's really only available um, on these CDs that are being mailed out to subscribers. Um, and each band gets maybe about 200 copies of the CD, and they can sell those at shows. Um, but otherwise, the only way you're going to hear most of this music is uh, by subscribing to the club. And uh, the subscription price is $60 uh, in the U.S. and Canada, and $75 worldwide. And those subscription dues go to cover all the pressing costs of reproducing the CDs and um, all the mailing expenses and distribution. Um, And then beyond that, we're we're donating uh, all of the proceeds to two different uh, charitable organizations this year. One is First Book, which is a a national nonprofit organization that is uh, aimed at giving new books to children in low-income families um, and encouraging early literacy. And the other organization is our near and dear Harry Potter Alliance, uh, which was just recently recognized by J.K. Rowling herself. I don't know if you guys got to talk about that on here, but it was pretty awesome Mm -hmm. of her to uh, say such wonderful things about the Harry Potter Alliance recently. Totally. Yeah, what was so cool about that is that... I think we talked about it a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. What was so great about that is that in the past, it's always been a website, a fan site, uh, a site devoted to just celebrating the books. But by endorsing the Harry Potter Alliance, which she's essentially done, it's not just a website. It's a movement. It's an activist group. It's a it's a, a statement about the world. And it's 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 more than one would ever think was required of her to recognize in a fan because there's, you know, there's implications. It's saying that she's that she's um in full support of their efforts, which is 
is awesome. It's just awesome. Yeah. And, and we're, yeah. And I think, I think, um, you know, everybody who's a part of, of, of the Harry Potter Alliance, you know, not just Andrew and, and all of, all of us others, you know, everybody worldwide can kind of be proud of that because I think it's a, a recognition of all the really great stuff, uh, that the Harry Potter Alliance is doing and all the stuff that's to come mm-hmm. really. Cause she just kind of opened the doors up. And I know ever since, um, she made those quotes and announced the fan site award, um, you know, Andrew, Andrew Slack, who runs the HP Alliance, he's just totally energized. And mm-hmm. so is everybody else who's mm-hmm. on the board of directors. And, and we're just so pumped for, to continue all the work that we've been doing in 2008. And so yeah, that's, it's been... that's why we're adding them to the mix of uh, the beneficiaries of the EP club. Yeah, because and Andrew has certainly proven over the past couple of years that uh, where his, you know, that he is pure of spirit and pure of intent. And so we've been so excited. I, the flurry of activity around the Alliance right now, I can say is just amazing and inspiring. And um, the changes that are coming to it uh, will announce on Leaky as well, but keep, keep an eye out because there's some good things coming. And makes me want to throw my shirt off. Don't <laughs> what John's referring to. Oh God. The explanation is required, John. I have no idea. I don't know what's going on. Andrew had some fun at my party last week. Oh yeah, that's right. That's... Oh. <laughs> I think I, think I was Andrew's, so happy. Andrew just loves to to party hard. Dances hard. He's got to get that shirt <laughs> off. Can't be restricted. <laughs> it's such an un-Andrew Slack like thing to do that I would turn around and I was in complete shock. So okay. Can we move on? Yeah. Where's the rock AP of the month? Tell us about the new bands. How is this year's batch of musicians different than last? All right. Well, um, last year we had uh, 12 bands, obviously. Um, and I, I do want to say thank you to all of those bands who participated because, uh, you know, none of this is possible without those guys um, and gals all producing some really excellent music and all basically kind of giving it away uh, through the EP club, you know, to subscribers. The bands, outside of getting a couple hundred copies of their CD, didn't get any money. So kudos to them because we did raise um, $13,000 for first book uh, in the 2007, wow. 2007 edition, which was sold out. Um, so we're hoping to go above and beyond that this year, offering a few more subscriptions and hopefully get a few more people on board and raise uh, quite a bit more money. The bands this year, uh, we got a whole whole different bunch. Uh, although Harry and the Potters, we'll, we're gonna we're gonna hang on as sort of the uh, <laughs> flagship band of the EP club mm-hmm. here. Um, Yay! So we're, we'll be offering up a CD at some point over the summer to members of the club, and we've we've also got uh, the Whomping Willow or Whomping Willows, uh, you know, uh-huh. the, Den- the Dennis Kucinich <laughs> of the Wizarding World. Um, That's is, right. Is what is that all about? <laughs> Matt is a very Matt Majakimo, who's the Whopping Willow, is not uh, afraid to say whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Oh right. He wants okay, I get it. Say. No, that That's that's you it. Know? Uh, <laughs> I love Matt, and I, I love Matt Dooley. <laughs> Matt is actually helping out yep. this year uh, with with the club. But him and I kind of um, are organizing it, getting things together, helping helping the bands get their stuff together. Um, and I guess uh, the other bands we have involved, we've got Catch Love, um, we've got Gred and Forge, 
Um, you may recognize. Ooh, I you, love those guys. You may recognize those names from the incredibly successful Jingle Spells compilation. Um, thank oh, you guys. Yeah. Yes. Good stuff. Good stuff yeah. there. Um, <laughs> who else do we got? It's we on got, that link. You got the Mudbloods, one of my yeah, favorite we, new groups. We do have I the like Mudbloods. Um, yes, I we've do. got the Nifler, the Nifflers from Canada, our first Canadian representatives. Um, nice. Oh, cool. Uh, so hopefully, hey. hopefully they'll bring in some uh, subscribers from the Great White North. Um, a. A. Yes. Beauty. A. <laughs> we got some hosers. Hosers going to be subscribing to the club. <laughs> no. Take off, oh it. It's reminding me of the tour from last year. Oh. Um, I love Doug and Bob. They're heroes to me. Um, we've, we've even got, uh, this is, this is our first, um, band or no, actually not our first band. We, uh, Last year's club had a band from the Netherlands. This year we've got a band from France. The legendary Basilisk in Your Pasta will be uh, okay. Nice. <laughs> okay, explain that name. What is the deal with that you name? Know, I think I mean, things are just a little different just... in France. I don't exactly know what's going on with that name. <laughs> that's so. I, mean, I don't know I've... about putting snakes in your noodles. That's not cool to me. I don't think. But uh, they I are... never thought of having a basilisk in my pasta. They they definitely are. They've got like a good environmentalist message. They have like one one song. Their big hit is called okay. Voldemort Peace Off, and uh, you know it's got a, a refrain that suggests we all save the planet. So they're definitely environmentalists. Nice. And actually, so we've got a big environmentalist kick on this one. We've got the giant squid Stravaganza. Um, he's he's That's very heavy on pro environmentalist things. Um, almost uh-huh. an extremist. Um, same with same with uh, Big Wampy. He's definitely a uh, Follows yeah. the environmentalist theme. And actually, this yeah. year, I'm happy to announce that I think we're going to be printing our stuff on 100% post-consumer recycled cardboard as well with non-petroleum-based things. Nice. Oh, yeah. Bring it on. <laughs> nice. That is cool, actually. That is very good. Um, Backing it up. Joe would be proud. Backing it up. So, tell, yeah. so these bands, I mean, are, how are their sounds different than what we're usually used to? Because this is not the normal assemblage of bands you usually get with a Wizard Rock lineup. Well, right. um... You know, as Matt and I were thinking about it, we were just trying to, like, pick out a lot of bands who, uh, honestly, like, it has it has as much to do with, like, um, personal politics as it does with sound, you know? Like, we wanted people who we thought would be a good fit with, like, the ideology behind the club, you know, raising money for this charity and things like that. So, um, people like, you know, Greden Forge, this guy, Jared, uh, he's he's just released his first record, and I think he's, I can't remember which charity, but I think he's donating all the proceeds of that to um, a charity. I can't remember offhand, but, you know, people like that. Uh, Jace from Catch Love is a huge Darfur activist. Um, and so these are the kind of people we find ourselves more interested in working with. Um, but also at the same time, uh, loving their music as well. You know, it's, it's kind of like, well, who do we want to work with? Whose music do we love? And those are the kind of like the, the ideas behind who we're asking to be part of this. Um, but the music is really all over the map. Um, the Whomping Willows promised uh, to do his EP. Well, he's actually going to release it as Big Wompy. So it's going to be a bunch of uh, hip hop cuts. Oh, hip-hop cool. cuts from the, the <laughs> Wompster. Um, oh, dear God. Excellent. Yeah. It's so good. And we've I got- think this is the year for hip hop wizard rock, to be honest. Oh, yeah. I have a feeling. I don't know why. Oh, yeah. It's coming. Well, it's a new form of it. Why not? That's cool. You have a Hufflepuff in the group too. Don't forget Justin, Justin Finch Fletchley. Absolutely. Um, 
you know, uh, Justin's representing mm-hmm. the Hufflepuffs and uh, pizza. He loves pizza. That's right. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I saw Tom Riddle and Friends perform last year, and they are just so funny. Yeah, we, we've got a lot of really hilarious bands on here. Tom Riddle and Friends are... Um, I, the way the way Matt described them when when we were discussing it, he's like, imagine if like um, Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson had a band or something, you know? <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> it. Oh my god, <laughs> That's it. Yeah, yeah. They're awesome. Uh, they're a great bunch of guys. Super nice. And um, Greta and Forge, we know from the the Jingle Spells, made that awesome uh, rendition of. 12 Days of Wizard Christmas, which if you look on iTunes, where Jingle Spells is still available, if you haven't, you know, if you haven't gotten it, they have that little bar. I know you guys hate rankings, but they have that little bar on iTunes that says, like, how popular a certain song downloaded is. And Gret and Forge is, like, way, way out there in the lead. It's really funny. Well, it's a testament to that song. They did a great job, and they actually made that song cool. That song totally sucks. The, the 12 days of Christmas. You're right. It's a pain to listen to. Thank you, Paul. <laughs> That's our first year of doing Christmas songs. John specifically banned people from making 12 days of Christmas. I Potter know. Song. Yeah. He did. He did. Yeah, did. But they did a good job. Yeah. yeah. I just don't like crappy renditions of it because it's so annoying because it takes so long. <laughs> yeah. The surprising thing is There's it's only like four minutes, but it just feels like it's forever. Yeah. Forever. Yeah. Yeah, totally. There's this stupid car company and, uh, that did like a jingle to it and it lasted like, oh my God, commercials don't need to be this long for yeah. cars. And did because, the whole 12 days of Christmas. Because Whoa. it's about 30 seconds of new lyrics and the rest of it is just recycled, you know, but they made it yeah. so fun and rocky and, and awesome. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they, they bring to the EP club. Yeah, he actually, Jared just sent me his record and it's fantastic. It's definitely one of my favorite Wizard Rock CDs, um, you know, so... Uh, really, really excited nice. that that Red and Forge will be contributing, and it's got a bunch of other cool stuff too. Uh, the Gryffindor Common Room Rejects—they're actually from uh, down in your area of Florida, maybe not the area of Florida, but they're from Florida anyway. John, um, that's awesome. Re- representing the Sunshine State, um, <laughs> and they're kind of uh, they're kind of like these two two awesome high school girls who are just like bashing out like these pop songs on the Casio keyboard. And honestly, like they kind of remind me of the stuff <laughs> Joe and I used to do That's like cool. when we were goofing around. Um, so it's, it's cool nice. to have them on board for sure. We'll be, Hey, are we going to hear any book seven songs from you guys? I'll put you right on the spot. Gosh. Yeah. Well, bring mm. it on. Um, you know, uh, Joe and I don't have a real regular practice schedule with him in college and me living in New York right now. But um, mm-hmm. once yeah. we get, get into the swing of things after he's out of school. I think we'll be maybe doing some writing and some rehearsing. So maybe, maybe while we're on tour this summer, we'll be performing some new stuff where, you know, we've, we've been talking back and forth about doing some like big, huge metal opus to go with the battle of Hogwarts, you know? Um, so, but, <laughs> nice. Uh, oh, awesome. Shredding. Like- um, but you know, maybe we can pop. <laughs> you know, you are. Oh no, but that would be cool. Like a stairway to yeah. heaven no, thing. No, that would be so heaven. cool. Totally. That would be yeah, really we're going to cool. go epic. Yeah. If, if, if we go there, we're going there epically. You need to go there. It's book yeah. seven. You need to go there. <laughs> Definitely doing one about the ice cream man. He's dead. Did you hear? <laughs> by the way, by the way, guys, thank you for throwing that question out at Joe. Um, that ruled. I've been wondering about that since day one. Very well. But I've been curious, too. And actually, we talked about this the day after, I remember. that. What the heck happened to Florian? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> He's dead. 
But I want to know his backstory. I'm requesting that. I'm sure it will yeah. go into the Scottish book. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, which I love that that's what everybody's calling it now. Maybe that's maybe that's what I all know, those little awesome. kids were for. They were going to get ice cream and like there was some ruckus. <laughs> that could be a yeah. foreshadowing of the doom to come. That's Maybe. mean. Okay. Well, EP of the month club, wizardrockclub.com. You can find all your subscription links there and we'll have more updates for you as the weeks go on. Paul's also going to get us some fun commercials with previews of the music. Am I right? Oh yeah. Yeah. I just got one in the mail. I yeah. haven't even listened to it yet, but uh, you're going to be, I'm going nice. to pump you guys with promo spots so that all your listeners will be bludgeoned week after week uh, and suggested that they sign up <laughs> and spend their money wisely. Seriously, 60 bucks. Uh, I know it sounds yeah. like a lot, but when it comes down that's to it, deal. you're getting 12 CDs, so it's like five bucks a CD, and I think that's a pretty that's sweet amazing. deal. Yeah. And these come over the course yep. of the year, you know, like the first mailing is going to be in April, and then another one in June. So over the course of the year, you're going to be just constantly your mailbox will be feeding you this time, uh, Wizard Rock. Like a basilisk in your pasta. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yummy. Thanks, Paul. Paul's going to stick around with us and talk about. Deathly Hallows and Order of the Phoenix film. So with that, why don't we move right over into what, bit by bit? Um, I believe so. Okay. Bit by bit. Ooh. Number something. We haven't done this in a while. Yeah. No. We're back. Getting back into Well, if you've read the book, you should be alright. Paul, right. have you read the book? I have read this book. Is it possible Yay. ever that a Wizard Rock band has not read the seventh book? It's no it's possible. Scandal. Anything's possible. Not advisable. Okay, so book seven. What are we talking world. about this week, guys? We are on chapter six. All of it? We finished chapter five. Yes. But we got a big chapter six, so we're splitting it in two. We got the first half uh, of chapter six today. Which is called The Ghoul in pajamas but are we gonna get to the ghoul in pajamas or no no technically we're not sadly we should tell people where that for those who are following along at home they're little books yes okay so basically what's just happened in 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 last week we got up to the part where moody dies sad moody Yes. which i knew i'm so i'm still so mortified that i forgot that oh my brain all right so bill bill and floor are gonna get married and everybody's in a tizzy um getting getting things ready uh molly's being a little off color and i have to say a friend of mine pointed this out to me when the books when after the book had came out and she had a point did it feel to any of you as though in the beginning of this chapter molly's actions were starting to be set up like a red herring like she was perhaps imperious or she was an imposter or or she, mm. she was not the molly we've come to know and love and not just because of stress it felt a lot like the molly we know and love to me just on a hyper annoyance level. I thought no, I can totally I can totally see that. Like where you're like Molly's kind of acting weird, and kinda, everybody should sort of be on their guard about that at this point. Um, yeah, I, I can see that definitely. Yeah, there's some point where she forgets whose socks she's rolling up, and then she forgets yeah. that that Hermione and Ginny have already changed the sheets. Like it's a very this is uh, when it comes to home stuff. That's that's not Molly, you know. Yeah, but for for me, I understood that because she's so worried about her children. I mean, here is someone, a colleague, a man that she's known for a long time, Matt I. Moody, has died. And, you know, and and here she's worried about her own children. And then she knows, in the meantime, her son, 
her beloved Ron has going to go off on this mystery mission by, with this child, Harry, that she's come to loves her own mm-hmm. and Hermione, too. And I just think – so for me, I understood it. I, I just kind of – I mean, that just seems like natural things. Sometimes when you get you get all hyper and you're, you're worried about stuff, you, you kind of actually forget. Sometimes you go into over-hyperdrive like I do, like when I get like stressed or worried, I just want to do things. I like to work. I just want to post yeah. news. I want to clean the drawers. I want to do that. I understand that, but at the same time – you you get so involved and you just kind of forget. So for me, I understood, but yeah, yeah I guess that's a good point. I never really actually thought of it like that. But yeah, you know, once you once you pointed out to me, I said, you know, that's that's a perfect way to hide a red yeah. herring because it's totally explainable either way. Either she's just so stressed yeah. out. Later on, say it had turned out that Molly was an imposter, we could have looked back on that on these scenes and been like, yeah, obviously, you know, yeah, um, right. But I right. I love the little sneak attack they try to accomplish on on Harry. Yeah. One of the things I enjoyed, though, about this chapter, I have to say, for me, it was kind of comforting in the same fact, after we've just gone through this terrible thing, was that here we at the burrow. I love the burrow, and I could just, you know, it was so visualized, I thought, really well in the first movie. But here it is in this, you know, you're talking about denoming. I love that little, that's my favorite parts of the video games, actually, when they had to clean out the gnomes out of the garden. But that's hard. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah, I've you know? done it. And no, but then you could just so you just see that kind of normal kind of family life there. You know, they're cleaning the cutlery and just you know. I mean, if you've ever been part of any like whether it's a wedding or any like you know reunion oh, yeah. or getting ready for the holiday, I mean, you know, when all mothers are like, okay, oh, this house yeah. must be cleaned. You, yeah, yeah. You should I'm see sure my you mother. Know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, John, did you ever have to do any cleaning? Paul, anyone? Mm-hmm. Mm, well, the only boy in the family of girls, I never had to do anything. Oh my goodness. You didn't just say that. That was very sarcastic. I had to do every okay. episode. <laughs> Paul, I met your mom, and I th- I think she's she's so sweet and mild-mannered, but I have a feeling that when it came to an important event, she would have you guys running around like crazy. Oh, yeah. I You know, there's there's always, like, every time we have Christmas dinner or something, there's everyone in the family spends all day cooking, you know? I think we had 11 pies mm-hmm. at Thanksgiving. Everybody made, like, three pies each, you know? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> There was there was there was actually nine people at dinner and there were eleven pies. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> we needed to make we needed to make extra for when the pies ran out, like two days later. We wanted to have some extras on hand. So we made oh, doubles wow. of all the favorites. <laughs> that triple even pumpkin. Is Tri- triple pumpkin, two banana creams, uh oh, sweet. A couple apples, maybe. A lot of different stuff. Mm. One mincemeat. Oh. That got bonus points in the pie eating contest. One because it's heavy, two because it's gross. Oh, wow. <laughs> Ew. That's just. I can never have another meat I pie never... after watching Sweeney Todd. Uh, yeah, it's actually not meat, yeah. it's just, just candied fruits. Yeah, that's. The name's misleading. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I've never had it, I guess. I wouldn't. It's pies of fruit. I never knew. Yeah. The people. Bunch of raisins. people had to tell me. Jelly and stuff. And it's gross. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. You're, a- you're alienating a whole c- whole country now, though. No offense, England, but you know. <laughs> your food sucks. I'd be like putting ham in a fruit cake. <laughs> like the fact of English food not being not the expected. best in the world is not a <laughs> not a new phenomenon. Yeah, it looks pretty good at Hogwarts. Well, that's Hogwarts. Hogwarts. Come on, they got magic cooking. They got, they got house, elves house elves cooking. cooking. <laughs> happily, oh, happily, and joyfully there cooking. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yes. All right. So. So. All right, they're getting ready. Mm-hmm. Molly and and Arthur start to kind of sidle up, yes. and, and say, "Oh, they have this this crazy impression that you're going off and not going to school and going to go, you know, hunting horcruxes." And Harry's like, "Uh huh, 
knew that was coming. Yeah. Which is so, you know, like stealthy order members. It is. <laughs> you know, it is. The 17 year old can see right through your plans. Yeah. You know, and it's true. It's also kind of like a parent thing, too. I mean, come on, you know. I mean, we're, I, there are times when our parents. Look how ex- look how excited she got when they were made prefects. Yeah. Yeah. What does that have so to? It's, it's natural to think that she'd be just as equally disappointed if she doesn't think they're going to school. It's not about school. Yeah. This is Molly's. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. She might prefer that they went to school and got a degree. But if they didn't go to school and stayed home, she would be fine with that. Well, she said, may I ask why you are abandoning your education? That's an excuse. Uh, sure it is. Yeah. Abandoning your education. That's what you say. She wants them not dead. Doesn't care if they have a degree. Right. Right. You know? But then, and then, but she did like a tact. I could just remember my mother doing, oh, okay. And then turning that suddenly sweet, you know, like she dropped it all of a sudden. And then, blammo, she like piled on all the work for him, you know? It's like, oh, I'm going to get you one. If I can't get you one way, I'm going to get you another, you know? Just kind of a mom thing to do. Kind of well, it's true. They do. I mean, it's just. Yeah. I know it's true. I, it's lame what happened. Well, but then we got a little hint, though, didn't we, about Harry and Jenny were alone <gasps> for just a moment. I was like so hopeful. Yeah, for serious. You know, that doesn't happen till later. I know, but you know. Oh. Yeah. When did that happen? I don't. Know. A little on his birthday. It's his birthday gift. That's right. Uh, you know that Harry. What's what's kind of surprised me is that. The I always thought that what Umbridge did to him in fifth year would be in you know in, at least enchanted so that it would fade, but I can't believe that there's still a reminder. <gasps> well, that's all right. these years later that I must tell lies will be forever embedded in in the skin on on Harry's scarred for life. Who invented something like that? Scarred for life. You you love that. <laughs> I'm trying to get you. Got to name your book that, Melissa. It's gold. Not called Scarred for Life. Scarred for Life and Loving It. Scarred for Life and Loving It, yeah. That's what he wants me to name my book, guys. <laughs> That's your EP. Whatever. I'll let you borrow it. Subtle. 10%. Thank you. No deal. <laughs> okay. No, but it's, 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 you know, has nobody like looked at his hands and said, this woman should be in prison. Like, does, I know we're in the middle of a war, but surely somebody would look at this and say, "Okay, that's proof that she's." Yeah, yeah that's got to be a dark utensil. Yeah, a dark utensil. Yes, like a dark or kitchen fork. Yes, there's dark pencil sharpeners as well. What? Make the pencils unbearably sharp. What are you talking about? You gotta watch out for those. On. <laughs> <don't> <laughs> I'm really uh, but you know, it. okay, the part that there was a couple things that it communicated, though, we got an explanation about the Seeker Keeper thing, which I know that we had talked about in our fandom forever. It's and confusing. Then, yeah, pretty much. And then now it's suddenly, and then it's... Wait, let's talk about this. Okay, good. Go okay. The explanation in the book of the Secret Keeper thing is that when you die, everybody who you told the secret to also becomes a Secret Keeper. Everybody cried foul, said that that went against what was on J.K. Rowling's site. But J.K. Rowling's site said that if you die, if a secret keeper dies, the secret dies with that person. If you haven't mm. told anyone, but if you have told somebody the secret before you die, then everybody becomes a secret keeper. Right. So, yes. That. So, Trixie. but okay. So, does that mean that Voldemort? Was a secret keeper for exactly. the Potters in 1981. 
That's a good question. Because hmm. Pettigrew, because the Potters told Pettigrew. And then Pettigrew told Voldemort. And then Pettigrew told Voldemort. So those two people become secret keepers. Well, the, the secret was over, though, wasn't no. it? No. no, no, no. I mean, what, what was the secret? Pettigrew was the secret keeper. Right. And then he told he, Voldemort. He didn't die till the seventh book. So the secret. Yeah, but the whole secret keeping that the secret that they were keeping to begin with was oh, shoot. where James and Lily were at. Wasn't yeah, it? it's where they were hiding. So I have to. So ask they died, and then the secret's over, right? I guess it's confusing because I guess the, I guess the, once the, Pettigrew died. No, 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 no. This no, it's the secret keeper who has to die. So James and Lily have no yeah. no bearing on that. But then how come how? Uh, we're getting yeah. into a canon conundrum. The the explanation of the secret keeper was that in book three was that Voldemort could be standing right outside their window right. and still not see them in there. So how do people find them? I mean, yeah, I mean, that's that, sense. I, I was just saying that even even Wormtail wasn't a secret keeper anymore. If the whole point of the Pedalius charm was was extinguished by the secret is this is where they're hiding yeah. but now they're dead so they're not hiding there anymore so the, the fidelia is eventually essentially dissolved so no one's a secret keeper yeah. anymore i guess that could be that could explain it but it's just it's still a very tricky area of canon yeah so okay so we're back in the borough and hermione is making a giant stack of books yes <laughs> god bless her she's something i love her Sifting books. Well, they're all getting ready because they've got their mindset on helping out Harry, and Harry no, it's, isn't ready to accept it right but away. But it's only Hermione that's doing this. Yeah. Just her. Well, you know, Ron would like you to think he's helping. No, Ron too. has no idea. When they leave, when they get onto Tottenham Court Road, Ron has no idea that Hermione's bag has been enchanted to carry everything, that she's been ready oh, yeah, for this forever, true. that she just grabbed them and ran. Yeah. Her little Mary Poppins bag. Yeah, that bag. Pretty much. But it's so funny that I loved how Joe put in all those books that we heard through the entire series. There they were. There was Hermione <laughs> in her Hermione-ness, you know. She's ready to go. You know? yeah. I wonder if she had the Monster Book of Monsters in there with her, too. I think they mention that, don't they? Just in case. Well, they do. Yeah, right, Paul. You're right, Paul, because doesn't it bite Ron? Uh, yeah, it's right here. She had dropped the Monster Book of Monsters on his foot. Hey, look at that. Just trying to decide which ones to take with us. And then Ron, of course, thinks she's being crazy. We're not taking all these books with us. Yeah. And huh, he underestimated her, you know. But can, that would have been a really heavy bag if there wasn't enchantments on that thing. Yeah, but, uh, it's not how you want to go hiding. But see, I like this, this part, though, because when I was reading this part... And then with a great creaking of rusty bed springs, Ron bounded off the bed and got there first with his arm around Hermione. I was like, yes, he's finally, finally, like, trying to be affectionate and caring for Hermione. I was like, oh, my God, yeah, but finally it's going to start happening here. I was yeah, like, in that, that hilarious cardboard way that he's been instructed to do so with that book. Oh, that's right. That book. You know? yeah, that's right. Like, oh, the book says I should go comfort her now. Yes. I'm going to comfort her now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's so Oh, it's so charming to see him bumbling over himself. It is. It is. You know, but for those that have been waiting for this romance, it's like, come on, finally. Okay, so where we're leaving off with this chapter is that Ron is deciding to uh, tell everybody he's got Spattergroit. Yes. Ooh. And Ew. the ghoul of the is. And when we pick up next week, we'll start talking about Horcruxes and the ghoul and all the rest of this beautiful chapter. 
Wow. It was a pretty cool chapter, and lots of anticipation, I think. Lots of build-up. So, too. Took a, took, took a little while, but we got there. And now we're back with Phoenix Files. For this part, we're still talking about the Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix movie. Now, for those of you who are at home who might have been at home, finally got your DVD and have finally just seen it for the first time, or just now seen it for the first time, I should say. Here we go. So we're taking it apart. We're looking at a little segment by segment, too. Yeah, there were some comments of people um, thinking that we wouldn't be doing this anymore because we've done yes. the commissary. Now nah, we always yeah. got stuff to say. Yes. Yeah. So much to talk about. I didn't even think about that. That's that's true. We could have enacted all the Phoenix Files simultaneously, back to back. Except that we'd have to pause, and then it would be a big pain in the butt. Yeah. It's more fun this way. Paul, Nobody would ever be able yeah. to follow. Paul, what's your... You're going you're gonna to join us for... Am I supposed to watch along with this? No, or we're not watching. We're just... Yeah, go ahead and queue it up. <laughs> 39, 16... <laughs> pause. Let me know when you're there. Bob. I don't even have the DVD. What am I gonna do? Is that on YouTube? That'd be, that'd be handy if you could, if we could give them the uh, time code to where we are in this. Book. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, probably wholly unnecessary because people remember what the hell is in this movie. Okay, so 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 remind us what we're talking about this week on the Phoenix Files. We're, we're talking about well, we've just seen Sirius Black, who is not a blob in this movie, like he was in the fireplace in the last movie, <laughs> but now he's actually a floating head. He pops up in the, in the, the trios in the common room, um, if you remember, and suddenly Sirius is there, and they have their little chat with with Mister Sirius Black. We've just come from detention with Dolores, and Hermione's all concerned about his hand, and then suddenly, poof, there's an actual Gary Oldman. And uh, they talk about that, and they go from there. Right, Ron? John? Ron? John? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Ron, John. I just, I gotta say, just the effects alone, just from like a fan, you know, film fan, I just was like shocked at the difference between, you know, how they had that molten blob from the last movie, and now. I was surprised that they updated it. Because that's, that's kind of like a concession on their part, saying, okay, we did it kind of stupid last time, so here's a better yeah. try. Well, good for them. Yeah. More people should do Definitely. that. Definitely. A big round of applause okay. for that, because I wouldn't... Usually, you'd think that they would stick with it, they committed to it, that's how it yeah. is. Because it now requires re-explaining it, maybe a little bit, like, what's this then? This is different than last yeah. time. Yeah, and... Uh, it looked a lot yeah, better. Yeah, it looked a lot better. And, and in, the, in terms of the plot, they're realizing, you know, Umbridge is really cracking down that they're just not beginning to get what the help that they need, right? They just, they're just not going to get any learning, any sort of tutorage from her other than torture, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Well, and, the, you know, it was mostly, or not mostly, but partially influenced by that conversation that they, Hermione, I guess, in the movie mostly decides that, you know, we need a teacher, a proper right. one. And uh, they start talking about the DA. We are the DA. Oh, sorry. Wrong rock group. He's breaking into Wizard Rock in the middle sorry. of the thing. <laughs> I love that song. Oh, it's nice. I wrote a song about that, too. Whatever. You did? I can't remember. <laughs> <You> did. <laughs> Sing it for us, Paul. Acapella. Come on, Paul. Quick. It, he was like, you know, we're Dumbledore's army. Don't mess with us. Something like that. Something like that. Something like that. Yo. Something like that, yo. There you go. You know what I've been listening to? It was was inspiring. It kind of, you know, inspired a generation of wizard rockers. (laughs) Um, I've been listening to your first album, and on there, there's a song that goes, these days are dark. Yeah. 
is like one of my favorite. Yeah. That's a it's good such one. a book five song. You love that one, Melissa. I love the. I'm glad. I you was like listening it. to it a lot as I was finishing my, <laughs> my uh, as I was writing, editing the Wizard Rock section of the book and finishing the book. It was a huge like editing soundtrack along with a couple of other songs. Oh, cool. Really, really like uplifting. You know, gets you in the mood of this cool. community. Get you pumped. Yeah, up. has like the right. I think I think it's really true. If you guys haven't heard the Harry and the Potter song called "These Days Are Dark," take a listen. Um, it really kind of rings true to this scene, this forming of this mm-hmm. of this army, this fighting back, this idea that through friendship and working together, that's how you know that's how this is going to happen, which is really what it's all been about. Yeah, well, we we wrote that song uh, after book four. Oh, really? It was it was the last song on our first record. Yeah, um, that's right. And we kind of. We tried to try to be forward thinking about like, well, it's kind of crummy. Voldemort's back from the dead, but could still tell that there was a lot of hope in the world. And it was just trying to try to illuminate that sort of thing. You know, book four kind of has a not so great ending, so, yeah. but we didn't want our album to end yeah. that way. It's kind of blah, <laughs> you know, yeah. but yeah. So no, so it's, it's, yeah. it's, it just shows how universal it all is. And it's coming in, it's coming into play in the fifth book and the fifth film. Right. And they have their first, Meeting, yes, right, or is that is that in this portion, guys? Well, I, I believe so. The hogs, yeah, because well, like right? Hermione decides, right? What was that dramatic moment? Boom, the rain, and they're like, oh. big thunderstorm. Yeah. There she is. We need someone who will teach us, and then that's Harry. Well, it was nice to see Hermione like a little stumbling and and afraid to speak in front of people, and yeah, you know, nice to see her have some faults. Yeah, you know. Yeah, be be a little nervous. You wouldn't think she's she would be a good public speaker. No. Well, you know, like in movie two, she stood. She was like fear of a name and Chris's fear of the thing itself, right to Lucy's yeah. Malfoy's face, which you know. Yeah. But in, <laughs> she's twelve. Endless self. Yeah, but in terms of her character, she's really breaking the rules. I mean, you know, I mean, this is like a, for someone who has been so fastidious along. I mean, even though she's really broken the rules before, this is something really counter. I mean, you know, counter the man, you know? I mean, this is something that's, you know, or <laughs> counter the which woman. Paul is well-versed. You know? Oh, yeah. That was definitely, that's definitely my favorite Hermione moment in all of the first yeah. five books is when, when she totally helps Harry to start up the DA. I thought that was really her, her getting out of character and, and really doing what she thought was the, the best thing to do. Yeah. That was nice. Yeah, then, then we see the hog's head. It's, it's, and the and there's the goat, John and the goat. <laughs> you know, it's just it's just this legend of the goat thing. <laughs> Every time he talks about it, it gets more funny and more tongue in cheek and more um, grossly aware of itself. So to see the movie people having fun, yes, yes, with Aberforth going after Bessie, yes, I mean, oh man, it's just hilarious. Movie seven's gonna be funny with that guy. It is. It is. I wonder <laughs> yeah. if they'll have the same actor for it. Love him. I don't know. Yeah, he's funny. But he turned out to be such a cool dude. He was perfect. You know? He was the perfect antidote to Dumbledore. Mm-hmm. Anyway, what else about about this section? This in this section we have um everybody starting to ask Harry about Cedric and he gets all yeah. annoyed and, and, and he, he backs down and he starts telling them how how it's different. And you have all these fifteen and sixteen year old and seventeen year old kids and the one eleven year old. Yeah. Yeah, Nigel, Nigel. the mystery child. <laughs> so strange. So I think he's twelve now, right? Yeah. He's in the second yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was the second uh, year, Nigel. That's a little guy. Well, he's sort of. I mean, it, it, they're not allowed to make anybody up, any character up. Warner Brothers. That has to. That that right retains reta- remains with J.K. Rowling. Yeah. 
So they needed, like, a, somebody smaller. But who the hell was the guy in Azkaban that would talk about the ghost in his bare hands? Well, he didn't have a name. That's the difference. Ugh. They didn't. I mean, there's general characters. But if you're going to name somebody, that has to come from Joe. But I liked our Colin. Could, I wanted Colin Greavy. I liked our little photographer. You know, they missed out on bringing Colin back because, because we, as we know, in book seven. Yeah. Oh, God. They, well, the actor it. who plays him is like six feet he five. Is. He's huge now. But so are all like the, the Weasley twins. I mean, well, look at Dean Thomas. Yeah. Dean Thomas is a yes. giant, you know? He's, I know, but he's in Harry's age. You can't have the little kid worshiping Harry be like two feet taller than him. So what? Nobody's really going to remember, to be honest. <laughs> well, then why do we care who it is then? Because if it's Colin, it should be Colin. Yeah. Colin's an actual yeah. member of the day. Maybe, maybe they just didn't want to cast him. Maybe he's, I don't know. It just made it Dennis. It's more fun and cuddly. Dennis. He was holding out holding out for big money. <laughs> holding out for big money. His voice is on the video game though. Yeah. He met him who's yeah. it. Yeah. Creepies? Yeah. It's oh, wow. his actual voice, but he's not he's not in the film anymore. So it's it's just strange. strange. But yeah. But I liked I like from just our film work again I I have actually it's my wallpaper right today. Um is the village of Hogsmeade. They showed them that shot of the little village, the little model. And I, so for me, I, I like that little thing that they bothered to shoot that, the little snow in the little village. It's cool. So we saw that. I thought that was pretty cool. Everybody's sitting there, all their little cool hats talking about. Did we see, like, Michael Corner or any of those dudes? Were they in there? Could we tell? The little Slytherin guy or whatever they called him. Michael Corner, I think, was the guy with dark was hair. It? Was he? I mean, I, I don't think they named him, but I think that, that if we have yeah. to pick somebody, I know. that's him. That would be a fair guess. You know? Yeah, yeah. I think that'd be a fair yeah. guess. What what else is in this, this this portion, guys? I mean, that's that's mostly yeah. I think oh. it was just cool seeing the DH guy for the first time because yeah. I remember when we got that first promotional picture of all of them lined up. Oh there, yeah, yeah. In a row, in the room of requirement, it's like this is gonna be cool. Cannot wait to see this. And then there they were, it's like the beginnings of making the team. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm curious here. I'm looking at the listing for Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix on IMDb. Mm-hmm. And, oh, it's the video game. Okay. Because mm. Colin's listed. He's listed in this, which is... Yeah, it's mm. the game. He's not it's in the movie. Really, It's really strange. Okay, sorry. Oh, <laughs> uh, bring back Hugh Mitchell. Yeah, bring Hugh. What's the matter? Is yeah, he not we good looking enough? What's going on here, peoples? He's got like a full beard. I mean, you know. <laughs> no, he does not. There's <laughs> you know? a tiny little camera. Come on. That'd be awesome. All right, so what's up next? Hi, what's next on Phoenix Files? Coming up next week on Files of the Phoenix, we have um, the trio plus three, actually known as the Sextet, I believe, um, are on the bridge. And they're excited about the meeting, and Hermione makes a joke about breaking rules. And then Neville finds the room of requirement, oh. which is an exciting moment. And then they have their lesson, and then uh, Filch and Umbridge are little hardy boys about it and trying to uh, figure out how to get in. I love the hardy boys. Oh my, guys, I just looked up Hugh Mitchell. Yeah? He's got mm-hmm. a heavy metal t-shirt on, he's got an earring through his lip. He looks, but he looks like um, I don't know, like a, like a grunge teen from the early '90s, like that. Whoa, that's Colin Creevy. Wow, that's cool. We'll put the picture in the notes or something because that. Whoa, talk about changing. Wow, no yeah. wonder. All right, good for him. Maybe it was the hole in his lip. Maybe they couldn't get around that. 
Oh. That's a good looking guy. It's not like he got hit with the ugly stick or anything. Yeah. You know? Well, like the guy that plays the Slytherin guy, Jamie Yates, is really one good looking man. I mean, they made him look horrible in the movie, and he's really. Who? The guy, Slytherin Keeper, the guy that flunked. He, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the teeth thing. Flint? Yeah, but but he's really good looking in real life. Just saying. Okay, I digress. Never mind. I th- <laughs> Ignore me. I think. Wow, he's like a rocker now. This is so strange. He's got a a band. Going to his MySpace? In the MySpace. Yeah, the craving. The craving. This is cool. Elf ears wizard and rock. bat droppings. He, wait, he's in a wizard rock band? What? No, it's just a band. Oh, but no. <laughs> Give me hope. <laughs> this is really strange. He's like, he's he's a total rocker now. Wow. Yeah, cool. Was, That's awesome. Wow. Okay, guys, Colin Creevy has gone goth. He's a drummer. We you need a drummer him. for our summer tour. You think Hugh Mitchell wants to? <laughs> you think Colin Creevy wants to play <laughs> drums? Let's get him. Let's get him on the show. Awesome. <laughs> That'd be a fun interview. What you up to these days? What are you dude? doing? Do some drums for us. This is crazy. He's got like hair to down to his shoulders, wavy blonde hair. Wow. Who is this guy? Anyway, another awesome edition of Phoenix Files. Thanks, Paul. Right for joining us. Oh yeah. All right, we'll see you guys. My pleasure. Glad I could. Glad I could contribute a lot to that movie. Talk. Sorry, Paul. <laughs> it's been a while since we've seen this movie. Not really. Actually, I've seen like eleven times. Yeah, yeah that's why we watch it again before we record. Every week. Yeah, not so much. Tune in. Okay, so let's let's go. We'll see you guys at the drums. Okay. Welcome to Scribby 5, the five-minute podcast of Beliki Cauldron's premier essay project, Scribulous. I'm Erin Arcalfios, and I have with me today Linda or Mosaic. Hello. And Laura or Music House. Hi, guys. Today we're going to be talking about the essay, If the Author is Dead, Who's Updating Her Website? by Angwa, who is our Scribulous coordinator, Susan. Um, the idea behind the essay is the popular literary theory idea that the author is dead. Or another way to say that is that once the text is written and published, the author no longer has any say in the content or the interpretation of that content or anything else. And Rowling, as we all know, does not do this because she tells us what Harry and Ginny's future is like and some background information and all these things that are not actually in the book. So Laura, what did you think about this essay and about what Rowling does? I think that I'm probably one of the few people out there that wishes she would have taken more time to give us time to read and interpret in our own way before she started talking about how how Harry and Hermione and Ron grew up and what they did and all of that because I I really felt as though I didn't have much time to come up with my own theories before she started interviewing and telling us what she thought would happen to them. You mean after Deathly Hallows came out? Yeah, exactly. I just felt like it was it wasn't enough time for me and I really didn't want to know certain things. I wanted to imagine it in my own way. Yeah. I hear you. I'm at some in some ways I can see the other side of it though because nowadays authors are the ones who are expected to sell their books. The publishing houses don't do as much as they used to. So, it's expected that authors go on talk shows and radio interviews and all that kind of thing that Rowling did to help sell the book. Not that Harry Potter really needs help being sold nowadays, but 
that is sort of expected of authors. So it is a fine line, though, of how much do you tell, how much do you keep hidden, and that sort of thing. Well, and then for us, we sort of have to decide, you know, is this part of canon, what she says, or, you know, do we just ignore it and the end of the the series is the end of her say at all? Like, can we even factor this in? Right. I don't know. I think it's a good point. And I think like, Laura's reaction really highlights kind of what my big thought is, which is that, you know, people, when you make a statement about what's going to happen or you answer a question, you resolve a conflict, you're always going to disappoint one at least you know one side if not more and it seems like she's taking a big chance it's a big risk when she does that kind of stuff you know and she must I'm, I'm sure she's just so excited about it and she, in a lot of ways she just wants to share what she knows or what she thinks is going to happen with us but at the same time I kind of like it sometimes when things are open-ended too yeah yeah I agree with you and also taking it into a more critical perspective which is where I sometimes come from being a literature major in college and I often write about books and interpret and think that I think that Rowling often makes theorizing difficult nowadays because she does tell us so much not just about the content but about the interpretation of that content like um, when she discusses Remus as a werewolf um, she says, you know, that can be interpreted as disabilities or illnesses and how we view people like that. But some people take the state of being a werewolf as being um, homosexuality or something a little more controversial and how we treat people like that. So when Rowling says, this is how you must read this, it sort of cuts off a lot of the theorizing that could potentially be done about her work. It's very true. I think right now uh, this topic is really relevant, too, because... Since Deathly Hallows has come out, it's been just such a big, you know, topic of discussion with all the things she's come up with and all the tidbits of information she's given us. And so, you know, this essay, even though it's back in issue nine and was written before Deathly Hallows, is still, you know, really valuable right now. Um, one of the things that Susan did in the essay that I thought was particularly good for me was she took a lot of the things that, that Joe has said about what she would like, her, how she would like her work to be read and what she would consider, um, you know, like a good achievement or whatever out of her own work. And she kind of condensed it into one sentence right at the conclusion of the essay. She said, um, from J.K. Rowling's perspective, her books will be a success if they are entertaining and funny stories moral but not preachy, with a meticulously well-crafted surprising plot and interesting characters who grow up in a realistic way. And for me, she surely did those things. Um, and I think, you know, it's if you want to go back and read the essay, it'll be cool. You know, you could it could help you decide, you know, how much more information you think Joe should divulge or, you know, whatever. And it is back, like I said, in issue nine of Scribulous, and it's on our website, which is www.scribulous.com as part of the leakycauldron.org. And that's it for this uh, Scooby 5. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you again next week. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye, guys. Thanks, Paul, for coming back. Oh, Bye. yeah, thanks for having me. It's always always a pleasure. Thanks, Paulie. Sorry we haven't done any more uh, PSAs for you guys. Maybe someday. What the heck? Oh, I know. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, those were fun. They were the best. And the last one got huge play all over the internet. Yeah, well, you you posted it on your front page, didn't you? Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) I added it up on our MySpace, too. Yeah, your MySpace is no joke either. Yeah.
Yeah. <laughs> so. I think we should play the, uh, the, uh, otter cast. Oh, yeah. Otter cast. The, the ending Pretty jingle. Loopy cats. Loopy yeah. rats. <laughs> <laughs> It's an anti-jingle. It's like an anti-jingle. It is. It's like it's like the zombie attack at the end. Yeah. Of the show. I know. We all put bolts in our neck and walk out with our <laughs> arms in front of us. Otter cast. Like Shot of the dead. Eat brains. Brains are yummy. So I am listening to Colin Gravy's music right now. Yeah. You can hear this us. Is crazy. Yeah, I can hear you. It's Link low. In the, in the show it's pretty loud. It's, it's extreme. They have like environmental messages and stuff. You should get them on the EP club, Paul. Oh, oh, that'd be awesome. Forget it. I'm gonna ask I'm gonna ask Creevy to play drums as long as he doesn't take photos of us while he's playing. Cool. That's Colin Creevy on the drums. For real guys. <laughs> Colin Creevy. Check him out. No, nobody would believe you either because he looks so different. They'd be like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> just like your Harry Potter. Ha ha <laughs> Yeah. Uh-huh. It's oh, funny. funny. It's funny when you guys were talking about like all the other Order of the Phoenix characters like uh, like uh, Dean Thomas and um, uh, uh, Michael Corner, like all of Ginny's ex boyfriends. I started to get like really jealous, um, which <laughs> which makes me think like uh, I've been too close to Harry for some time. Now, <laughs> where I'm like doing it a little too. Yeah, bad. I'm like you guys just mentioned those guys' names. Like, oh, those guys are jerks. <laughs> <laughs> Aw. Well, it's all right. It works out for Harry in the end, so. Yeah. And they, they were good. They came back and helped. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we are going to have many, many, many more updates. Um, I'm going to go comment on Colin Creevy. We're going to put a, a link in here, and I feel bad because um, he's going to get all but Maybe he's trying to shed his Harry Potter origin. We just brought it back. Crashing, <laughs> awesome. crashing down on him. He looks like he's not too willing to associate with the Harry Potter stuff these days. But um, no, I, actually, I heard from the from the video game guys that he was really a pleasure to work with and was really, yeah. really happy and nice. So, um, so his music is, is emo, yeah. very emo. We're gonna totally Aww, do some rocking out when we're done. Very cool. I, I have one note I would like to say. This is kind of random, but. Um, Last week we talked about Marge from Maryland when we were talking about stuff in the yeah, case. Marge. It's Margie, not Marge. Her name is Margie. Did, you, yes, did she email you? Yes. So. <laughs> oh my so, gosh. No kidding. Hi, Margie. Mar- Margie. We love your cake. We use it all the time on Leaky. And Dude, just that saying. picture is the best thing ever. Without permission. I, Sorry, John, Margie. John made that post on my birthday and I was so sad because he didn't know how to do the icon thing and he didn't. He didn't have Marge and Marilyn's cake up there. That's yeah. right. So I was so sad. I was like, Judge, you mind if I edit it and I go put in the Marge and Marilyn cake? Because I just, I, I want mean, it. come on. It's not a leaky birthday with all that. So, so it's Margie. Margie, thank you so much. We'd love to have you on talk about cakes. We love all the people. Oh, too, we got a really fun cake email. Someone sent us in their cakes. And we love Potter people and their cakes. When we talk We've about had a lot of cake interviews on the show. Wait, did you, guys, did you guys get emailed cakes or actual cakes? What happened? What's that? What, what happened? Huh? Say it again. <laughs> I said, did you get? Did somebody email you a cake, or did you get an actual? Oh, cake? pictures. 
pictures. Pictures. You guys, you guys should try and get some and actual then, cakes out of the deal. I know. And then a listener. We, we've gotten quite a few bake goods yeah. over the years. A listener named Brittany sent us, sent us pictures of all the Hogwarts trains that she sculpted yes. out of gingerbread and Hagrid and all these things. It's amazing. Darling. Some of you guys do. So. Somebody made us uh, cakes in uh, Chicago, if you remember. Did they did they were they were um, delicious house um, colored cakes, which was a great thing to have at the end of the day once you know on our first it day was. of tour. I think I knocked out most of yours. And you did. It all of Sue's. All of Sue's. Mine never got to have <laughs> sorry, any. So no, John ate it. Was, it. <laughs> It wouldn't have survived the mouth. You know, it's so weird because it's so funny. My favorite cakes are lemon cakes, and so for my birthday, I always have it. And it's mm. it's lemon, yellow, Hufflepuff. There you go. It was meant to be. Well, it wasn't. I don't think it was lemon. It no, was red velvet cake. Yeah, it was. It, it was. was. It had yellow icing, though. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, that's very festive. So. Yeah. And then remember we yeah. did that interview with the girl who made the DH cake? Yes, that's right, for Deathly Hallows. That's right, she did. That's right. What is up with these cakes? I tell you what. Potter people, man. Hey, okay. 136 episodes in, you know, gotta gotta keep talking. I know. Seriously. <laughs> We're always talking. We're always listening. We're Pottercasting. 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 Hey, That's man. If, if Joe can have food in her books all over the place, then so can we on Pottercast. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I want to talk to the girl who made the Hogwarts out of toothpicks. There's a girl that we oh, met at yes. Phoenix Rising. I mean, uh, we gotta talk to her next. So, one day soon. One day. <laughs> All right, people. Well, plenty of tune stuff. Tune in next week. Yeah, tune in next week. We have plenty of leaking updates coming soon. Oh, too, so. yes, we do. Ooh, mm. Awesome. Something, something fun. Fun stuff on the way for you. Guys, thanks for having me on. Thanks for helping. Thank the you, pimp- Paul. Thanks for pimping the Thank EP you, Club. Paul. Everybody listening should go check it out at e- wizardrockclub.com. <laughs> wizardrockclub.com. Heck yeah. Get I can't fix. wait. My favorite part of the subscription is that Paul, whoever he knows, he, dr- he draws stuff on the back of their envelopes when he's oh like, don't say that now everybody's gonna feel let down I'm not even oh, okay. I, <laughs> Matt's okay. filling the orders this year so oh, damn. okay editors take yeah, I feel bad I'm gonna get you in trouble take that out please <laughs> if yours is blank you can quit life yeah. Paul doesn't if like you blank bad <laughs> whoops I didn't even think about that to be honest okay well keep twiddling those dials guys the next password will be donuts Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good, Good night. is free. Oh, and about time to... We've missed it. I confess myself disappointed. Now, if you two don't mind, I'm going to bed. Great, Scott. No wonder. Look at the time. We've been here nearly four hours. Spooky how the time flies when one's having fun. <laughs>